0: Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Small business is in the spotlight as San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Ed Arnold invites a South Texas native making a big difference for Hispanic small businesses in the Alamo City.
1: We are here with Marina Gonzalez, the president and CEO of the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Recently, the Hispanic Chamber made an announcement that they, along with a coalition of other Texas Hispanic Chambers, had formed an organization to get their voice heard at the state capitol. So I thought it was a great opportunity to catch up with you, uh, Marina, and thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to continue this conversation.
1: For our listeners who are not in San Antonio, why don't we introduce you and and sort of tell everyone about your background. So where you're from and how you got to this spot.
2: Well, absolutely. And if you're not from San Antonio, I'm gonna put a shameless plug in to come visit us because we've got some really (laughs) cool things happening in our town. But I will say I was born and raised in Austin, South Austin there, almost by Buda. I grew up there and then got to St. Mary's to come to undergrad here, to finish my undergrad degree at St. Mary's University. In San Antonio. So that's what brought me here. And I love this town. I've been here pretty much since I did leave there for about three or four years to get my law degree at the University of Illinois Chicago. And that was a great, really great experience to, to live in a large city, um, big metropolitan area and kind of see what that looks like and then bring some of those qualities and experiences back to San Antonio where I now uh, live here. I own a home here with my family and very excited to be in this role now having come from previously the CEO of Child Advocate San Antonio, and then prior to that as an executive at Centromed. So really, all of that is nonprofit executive level fun stuff. But the underlying current and value as a professional for me is advocacy mm-hmm. and has been in the policy and political world as well, having worked at City Hall and then Chief of Staff for a state rep there for a while prior mm-hmm. to my nonprofit career. So that's really uh, the background that brought me to the Chamber and why it's a a personal passion of mine is my father's an entrepreneur. He's a small business owner, restaurateur. So I grew up uh, uh, in the Tex-Mex world there in Austin. He owned a chain of uh, restaurants there called Serrano's. And uh, and that was the point of pride for our family. So... For me, growing up in that world, you know, we very much, it was a family owned business and, and my brothers and I were, you know, we're expected to participate. It was my first job as a hostess there and, and really kind of seeing what that looks like to own a business, which we all know the restaurant industry, it's a tough industry and, and one that takes a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears. So something I'm proud of. So taking on this role here at the Hispanic Chamber in San Antonio was such an honor to be named the president and CEO back in uh, 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, which was fun, <laughs> but really it, it's because I know that the businesses we're representing represent the families behind those businesses. And, and I take my own experience with me from that point of view. So, uh, here we are, you know, I'm almost, I'm in my third year now, starting my third year in the seat and really looking to do some collectively impactful advocacy there on the state level, as we just kicked off our 88th legislative session.
1: Incredible. And, you know, you mentioned the 88th legislative session, and it just was occurring to me that uh, a lot of people may not really know how storied and how long the, uh, the San Antonio chapter of the Hispanic Chamber has been in existence. I think, are we at 93 or 94 years now?
2: Yes. Well, we are proud to be the oldest and largest Hispanic Chamber in the entire country. So we actually were founded in 1929. So we're in our 94th year, if you can believe it. It's amazing. No, it was close. Um, and, <laughs> yes, and, and originally founded as the uh, Mexican Chamber of Commerce, given that our proximity to Mexico, of course, and uh, the Mexican-American population that we have here in San Antonio. And that developed now into what is the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce very well respected and the only five star accredited chamber by the United States Chamber of Commerce, which is a lengthy accreditation process of your policies, procedures and best practices. And it's a ranking of one to five stars. So I will also shamelessly plug that because we're, we're very proud to be uh, yeah. known as a very, very well run chamber. So yeah, that's our history and, and a little bit of why we wanted to create a statewide coalition uh, for Hispanic chambers mm-hmm. in, and, in the state of Texas
1: right absolutely i mean i think i remember years ago hearing uh the previous president and ceo uh ramiro cavazzo say that he wanted to hear of a of a texas or a lone star hispanic chamber uh, you know sort of a <laughs> yes. coalition so i love that this you know i just heard him say it practically as an offhanded comment years ago and to see that come together with the announcement this week was really wonderful to see i know it was a goal for the chamber for a while
2: oh you're absolutely right and it's been a long time coming not only for our organization, but for our my colleagues, our other presidents and CEOs of other Hispanic chambers throughout the state, it's been a conversation for a while. And now's the time to do it. We saw some recent elections, we know our statistics, we're the fastest growing population, and nationally, we're the fastest growing business-owning population uh, Hispanics are mm-hmm. overall, which is so important to know, but to also understand as we go into this session to create legislation that's going to have an impact on our ability to safely operate and to uh, successfully operate businesses, we need to have a seat at the table. And that's where this came from. You know, it, So it's, it's certainly not my idea. It's certainly not one person's idea. It's a collective understanding of this gap in the market that we saw as chambers and, and with this, our great statistics in Texas and our projections of growth striking while the iron's hot, if you will. That's the way I like to say it.
1: Yes, no question. I mean, it is well needed. And it's it's wonderful to hear that there's a the strength that you'll gain in numbers by connecting with the other Hispanic chambers throughout the state and really putting some clarity to what you can universally get behind, I think is going to be really valuable in the new session. So what are some of those priorities for you? What are you hoping to get accomplished and advocate for in this session?
2: What we did is we got together, and I'll talk a little bit about my colleagues because I'm very proud to, to bring so, this group together, but we put together just some really core pillars. We can't move the needle if we don't know where we're going, and we need to have a narrow and concerted focus to be able to do so in a session that we know every legislative session, having worked in before and been a part of this process now for too many years that I want to age myself and count but we will say um every session we know is a, is a bit of a sprint you've got to come in ready to to know what you're advocating for and to make those specific asks right. so where we're at is we want to be able to to be at the table for conversations affecting small business regulation right so whether that's the the most recent one we're hearing is any tax burden or potential tax relief that our legislators might consider for our small businesses we want to be um, there and have that conversation and explain and help produce and help shape what that legislation looks like to ensure that we're protecting our membership. So that's one. Another is entrepreneurship, just making sure any type of access to capital has always been an issue and continues to be an issue for our population, our Hispanic population and Hispanic business owners. So whether that's any legislation supporting our CDFIs, their ability to gain funding, get funding, et cetera, for our entrepreneurs, whether that's startup growth or whichever stage you are in as a business owner, we want to be there at the table as well. That's another pillar. Another one to talk about, talent acquisition and maintenance retention. Right now, hiring's tough. Not only that, but we want to be sure that Texas is doing a good job of seeking out those professionals, but also keeping professionals here in the state. So w- the regulations that come up or even things that affect quality of life You know, as a younger professional here, I can tell you that's important to my family and I of where we live and our quality of life. And the pandemic only brought that front and center as we all experience that of what truly what our values are and how and how we want to live. So talent acquisition, maintenance retention, all of that good stuff. We want to be there at the table as well. So just a few examples. There have been some bills filed, as we know. The process that we're undertaking is one similar that we have at the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber, which is a weekly bill tracking with my director of policy, who I have to give a shout out to, because he's very talented, Martin Gutierrez, who's been uh, my right hand in organizing this coalition. And that weekly bill tracker through our process that all of the coalition members unanimously agreed on is Mm -hmm. whether or not a bill comes up that we know would affect one of those pillars is whether Mm -hmm. or not we're going to take it on and how strongly we're going to advocate for it. So it'll happen quickly. You'll Mm -hmm. see statements from us quickly. That's anything from dropping a card there at the Capitol, a lot of testifying as much as we can. I do believe face-to-face there with committee members there is effective meeting with the right people. And that brings me to not only the pillars I know we're discussing in our priorities, Mm -hmm. but how important it is to share with those listeners that We are represented by all the major metropolitan and some smaller cities throughout the entire state. So this coalition has a very well-rounded geographic representation of the state of Texas. So we're bringing all voices to the table. And that's huge.
1: I was going to say, one of the things that I found fascinating was, uh, you know, I uh, jumped off of the list when I saw it earlier this week, was the Midland Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. involved with you all. And I thought, you've really got good coverage when you got someone out in Midland. I think you really (laughs) Got, well,
2: hey, I mean, <laughs> let, let's just call it those of us that work in, in political advocacy or, you know, those of us in this political world and many of your listeners that are following policy trends or paying attention to to the session know that we're a Republican led state. And sure. so in working with the system, we want to be sure that we're geographically representing what's best. So right. it's not just, you know, we don't want to just be here in San Antonio doing this. We need right. access to the respective representatives and senators in those, in those areas. So Midland coming on board is awesome because that's a whole nother demographic that we'll be able to reach into and have those direct contacts and play off of the great work these chambers have already done to build those relationships with their respective delegations, just as we do here with our delegates.
1: Of course. And, you know, the advocacy for small business that you're talking about is very much a core classic conservative platform piece. So, I mean, I think that regardless of what political affiliations for various cities or, you know, urban areas versus others, the type of advocacy that you're talking about is somewhat universal for Texas, I would say.
2: You are so correct. And that's the beauty of this coalition and the timing of it and why we saw that opportunity and and we're seizing on that opportunity. It is universal. It affects everyone. Whether you're a business owner, if you're not a business owner, you're likely an employee, right, of a business leader. And a lot of our small businesses, we know they drive our local economy. Well, that's everywhere. That's Texas. We're a business-friendly state. So what better time and better way to be able to make sure that legislation, that we have well-rounded legislation that's inclusive, of the needs of more community members and with us now as Hispanics being you know we're projected to be predominantly larger in population percentage wise it's time now we and you know just before the election cycle we had a lot of those that want access to to talk to our members they need the Hispanic vote that's a conversation piece that's been happening for a long time it's still happening nationwide but here in Texas we have an opportunity to leverage that and say absolutely Let's talk about what the needs are for our community and make sure that we're being heard and listened to and that effectively the product of that legislation. When we celebrate sine die there in May, we (laughs) want to be able to look back and say A, B and C happened because we were very strategic and we made a concerted effort to ensure that our voice was included in the final product of this piece of legislation, just as an example. That's the ultimate goal. So we're really excited to, we kicked off Monday and we're excited to get started.
0: Marina Gonzalez joining us. Next, how she plans to help small businesses fight for big contracts. When Texas Business Minds continues. Texas Mutual Insurance Company cares about your injured employees as much as you do. With our proactive and compassionate workers' comp claims handling, taking care of your people is how we take care of your business. Business is better with Texas Mutual.
1: Just turning a little bit to some issues that we at the paper have been hearing about from business leaders on the ground is that relates to small business and, and improving access to capital is sort of opening up the process for smaller businesses and and more businesses owned by people of color to the broadening contracting processes that some of the large public institutions have where we can figure out a way for smaller businesses to get involved in large contracting for say state, city, county, federal government contracting, which can really make or break some businesses of small sizes. I have been hearing from an enormous number of business leaders about some just desire to sort of reevaluate the process for how that sort of allocation and granting process goes to open up the process so that more local small businesses can get involved. Is that something that some of your members have also been reaching out to you about?
2: You brought up one of my favorite topics. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We could be here all day, but I will give you the short answer. Yes, locally, that's something we've been working on is is increasing the procurement opportunities for minority owned businesses. In particular, of course, being the Hispanic Chamber, making sure that um, our Hispanic leaders have an opportunity to get their uh, foot in the door and bid on those contracts. We've got a ton of opportunities here. So yes, that's something that we hear often from our members and that we'll be keeping a close eye on. We kind of view that falling into two categories on the partnership side with this coalition, could Mm -hmm. be access to capital or it could be making that entrepreneurial environment work as well or economic development. So it does kind of go hand in hand with those categories. So we'll be keeping an eye on that for anything on the state level Just as for an example here, locally, our city is considering increasing the percentages of required minority participation for their procurement process. So obviously something that we want to be talking about here that hopefully will be more of a statewide conversation at session as well.
1: Yes, and I've even heard from Representative Castro's office that it's something he may be interested in pushing on the federal level. So there there definitely seems to be some momentum uh, for at least as I like to say, sort of cracking that process open to more people and, and having it be exactly. something that can be a lot more accessible for for smaller businesses. I think it just would make its hundreds of millions of dollars across all sorts of different levels of contracting. It's just something that I think could be really transformative for a lot of businesses. So I'm glad to see that it's, it's beginning to build up a little momentum. I'm really, really heartened by that.
2: Thank you for that. And Congressman Castro does a tremendous job advocating he has for many years. And and now again, it's it's that momentum and the timing of these conversations. They're coming forward, and they're they are coming to a head. So it's really great to to be at the forefront of that and 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 participate in that in those conversations. That's what we're here to do.
1: We were talking about access to capital. That's another thing that I've have, have thought about many times over the years, and it was particularly brought to bear for us when we were reporting on the aftermath of PPP loans, right? That small businesses and more women-owned and businesses owned by people of color found themselves having a harder time getting access to, to those loans. And a lot of times, it was certainly not universal, but a lot of times we found in our reporting that it was because they simply didn't have a close relationship with their banking partner. They didn't have Correct. The sort of general, you know, almost social like access, right? Business relationship access to people who could guide them through the process quickly. So I think that that's one of the things that it really helped lay to bear how important it is that smaller businesses, women owned businesses, businesses owned by people of color have. And access to capital is consistent and and knows them and can have a relationship. And that seems like the kind of thing that the Hispanic Chamber, you know, over time and and has historically tried to help make those connections.
2: You know, we have, and that is part of a chamber model, right? Is we want our friends, our banking friends, those representing financial institutions to also be members and access our members for business development for those purposes. We wanna be the connector and make sure that if you don't, if your relationship with your bank, you know, we all have a checking account, or most of us do have a checking account, a savings account. But if that's the extent of your relationship with the bank, when you try to start a business, it's going to be tough. You're going to go in there kind of with a fresh start because most of us are either online or on our apps, on our phone, interfacing with our financial institutions. So we've got to find another way to do that, which is exactly what you said, which is the traditional way of building a relationship, but also the non traditional path that I mentioned earlier. Which is our CDFIs, mm-hmm. and our CDFIs being the non-traditional access to capital lending organizations, such as our partner sharing members at Lift Fund that yep. do a great job here. And they're one of the larger ones. You know, there are many out there, but I will give them a shout out. And they were the ones that were able to dish out the ARPA grant funding that we got through the county and the city. Exactly. So that's just one example. But yes, if you want to start a business, maybe you don't have the collateral upfront that somebody else might have. Maybe you don't have. Any generational wealth just to put cash forward and, and pay for it yourself to get that lease started on on your office space, for example. We want all avenues for the access to capital, but you're you're mentioning one that's very important, which is building the relationship with a financial institution, whether it's a traditional way or a non-traditional way. Opening those paths and the more paths the better, right? So that right. that's everything from what we just discussed to uh, to making sure that our CDFIs are are protected or that we can hopefully appropriate some funding or advocate for appropriation of funding through through those institutions as well.
1: Just a good old fashioned meet the SBA office is always a valuable meeting. You can so do that you know, yeah. several times a year. And it's <laughs> yes. always valuable, right? You could always just just good old fashioned interconnectivity, I think, is, you know, don't get me wrong, as you said however you make that connection is right. It's just, I think that getting back to building those relationships is so important. And I think it, it really helps sort of elevate businesses in a way that they, they didn't even know that they could elevate in that way until they get involved in those relationships and become a part of that. It's community.
2: very true. Yes. Yeah, some come to us saying, I need a loan. I don't know where to go. And exactly. maybe haven't even heard of those options. So that, and that's our job. You know, we want to be the hub for that. The connector's again, and and the the resource where we want people to know that small businesses, that the chamber should be a first stop. Our Hispanic chamber should be a first stop if you have those questions. And we're very collaborative. So if it's not us that can directly help you, we're going to be able to tell you where to go.
0: Well,
1: I tell you what, Marina, I am going to have Signy die circled on my calendar. I usually don't have to. i yes. a business journalist. I usually don't have to. I'm very proud that I don't have to watch that closely because of the business journalists we get out of that one. <laughs> but this year, I'm going to extra circle it on there and I will loop back to you because I want to hear what you think about how the session went when we get through with it.
2: Oh, it would be my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Siney Dye is all, usually a fun day for all of us celebrating. <laughs> yes. But uh, Well, hopefully, if you've had a good session. I sure hope so. <laughs> so. So yes, yeah, circle it on your calendar. Let's have that conversation. I, oh, I'd love to be able to join you guys again and let you know how it went.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But well, thank you again so much for
0: joining us. And it was a
1: real pleasure chatting with you. And thanks again for your time.
2: No, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce President and CEO Marina Gonzalez joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals, and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.